27b at the bottom of the page, about uh, eight lines up. Amri Devei Rabbi So, so basically, what the, the Mishnah had said was, the Mishnah said when it was talking about how much oil you're going to be liable for carrying out on Shabbos, it said the amount of oil that you would need to anoint or to smear on the aver cut on the small limb. All the mission said is to smear on a small limb. What exactly? What type of limb? Whose limb? That the mission did not specify. So Rabbi comes along and gives us the answer. It means the amount of oil that you would need to smear on the smallest limb of a one-day-old baby, right? So a very small amount of oil. May say, ask you a question. It says elsewhere that you should, the amount of shema that you need is the amount of shema to smear on a small limb, the katan ben or a katan ben Implication is either the small limb of a larger adult or an entire body of a katan ben of a one-day-old child. My lab, aver katan the gadol. Implication is the smallest limb of an adult or a larger person. The aver gadol shall katan ben or the largest limb of a small child, of a baby, one-day-old baby, right? So the implication is not like Rabbi that it's not the smallest possible measure, it's somewhere larger than that. No, you could read the, the Brisa a little bit differently. The Brisa is saying, the amount of Shema that you need, right? Not, if you have a Vav over there, right? That's going to split it up and tell you two different cases. Rabbi would say, no, you should read the Brisa like this. And it's actually only referring to one case total. Says, the amount of oil that you need is the amount of oil to do a small limb or a um, or a cotton one day old. That's the, the version of Rav Shimon ben Elazar. He says specifically a aver cotton, a small limb. So there must be machlekes here. What's machlekes? My lab. So how can we forget? Rishim and Elazar savar aver cotton shal cotton. Rishim and Elazar says even the small limb of a baby. Where Rav Natan savar aver cotton the gadol. Rav Natan says no. It has to be a small limb of an adult. Oy aver gadol the cotton or a large limb of a child. So this would be machlekes tanaim. And Rav Yana would be going like one of these two possibilities. Like Rishim and Elazar's possibility says the smallest measure you're already liable for. Aver cotton shal cotton. And Yemir Rav Natan said that if it's the smallest limb of a small child and one day old. Light, that's not going to be enough to bring out that amount of oil is not going to be enough to help make you liable. Where it says light. Everybody agrees, both of these Tanayim agree that if you took out only enough oil to smear the smallest limb of a of a child one day old, then that would not be enough. But less than Rabiane, nobody agrees with Rabiane who says that that's all you need to take out. What's the machikis? He said that the smallest limb of an adult and the largest limb of a baby that is one day old are going to be the same size, same amount of oil you need for both of them. Says no, the amount of oil that's going to be enough to smear the smallest limb of a larger person is going to be the amount that can, you'll be liable for. But if it's only the amount to smear the largest limb of a small baby, then that's not enough to be liable. My um, Havila, what do we do with this, right? Basically, the Gemara set it up that perhaps the statement of Rabbianai that it is the, the, the Bismarck of Rabbianai, that it is the amount of oil necessary to smear on the smallest limb of the smallest baby, really that should be set up as Machlaikas Tanayim. Gemara says, what do we do with that? Or, or, is it Machlaikas Tanayim or about this issue or not? And the Gemara says, it is, it is indeed a Machlaikas Tanayim about this very issue. Tashma, come in here, proof. The Tanya will write says explicitly that Rabbi position was, the amount of oil that you need to take out to be liable for carrying out oil on Shabbos is the amount of oil that will be necessary to smear 
the smallest limb of a child that is one day old, which is the position of the base measures of the Bianai. Continuing to analyze the mission, the mission says, it says the amount of, of water that you would need to mix together the ointment to put on the eye. Very interesting idea. Any type of a product, right, a type of substance that has two different common usages, right? Then the Chachamim are going to say, go after the common usage, the Kula, to be lenient. In other words, there's two common usages. One of them is a common use that, and it's significant at a very low measure, very small quantity. And one of them is very common use. It's only significant once you get to a larger quantity. The Chachamim would say, you could be Mako, and you're going to say that you're not liable for carrying it out until you carry out the common use that is larger, a larger quantity. Right? Um, now, Sorry. I said that wrong. Anything that has a common use and an uncommon use, even if it's the common use is more lenient, that is still with the measure that we're going to go with. But if it has a common use and an, a, a two different types of common uses, then then we're going to go after the more the one of these two common uses, which everyone is going to end up with a more stringent measure. That's what we're going to go with. It is more normal to drink wine, more common to drink wine for drinking purposes. It is not so common to use it for refuah purposes, for healing purposes. And therefore, they went after the usage, which would be more common, the drinking usage, which will end up with a larger measure that's necessary to be liable for. But still, that's what the Chachamim did, because that's the more, that's the common usage for wine. Um, Therefore, they went after the drinking, which is more common, for, um, which is common at all, for, uh, even though it's going to end up being a lenient position. Drinking milk, it's normal to drink it. It is not normal to use it for healing purposes. So therefore, once again, we go after its achila measure for a lenient position. Because to take it out for a fool, you would need way less. But to take it out for drinking, it's not significant until you get to revias, which is more. Honey, it is common to use for eating purposes and also common to use for healing purposes, right? So I, I think today this wouldn't be true, right? So today we would say, I imagine, I don't think honey is used for, for, for uh, you know, smearing. Um, so probably honey today, you might have to take out more to be liable on a total level, right? So, so honey in those days, though, was used equally as common or basically commonly used for both of these purposes. So then the healing one is a smaller measure and that's already going to be enough to make you liable. Therefore, the Chacham over there went after its healing measure, even though that's going to end up being a stringency. What about water? It's by water, we're going to have to say that it is typical, it, it's commonly used for, uh, for, uh, for drinking, but not commonly used for healing. My time, why is that so? So why did the Chacham then say that you go after its refua measure? And they said that as long as there's enough water to mix together with the ions, that's already significant. Rabbi says this mission was talking about in Galil. And in Galil, they actually did use water for the healing ointment, and that was common usage for the healing ointment, and therefore they were stringent, right? And we see from here, by the way, what I was just mentioning before, that of course this is going to be dependent on time and place in terms of defining what's significant. Rabbi says, even if this mission was not stated about Galil, right, where they were poor and needed, and they would use water for Rafua, even if it was stated about everywhere, how could that work? The opinion of Shmuel. The Amar Shmuel called Shmuel says anything that is a liquid that you're going to mix together with the eye ointment to put on your eye, 
everything else is going to work. That first, it's going to make you, it's not, it's going to heal you, but it's going to make it a little bit worse at first. Whereas, whereas water mixed together with the, the eye ointment is going to make you better without ever making you worse in the first place. Any other type of liquid, the measure is a revius. Blood and any other type of, of drink, the revius. It is going to be one revius, right? Blood, how much of the measure of blood, the amount that you're going to use to, to, uh, to use as a, as a schmear in, your, in one eye. Right? What's going on over here? Because they would be kaichel, they would use this as a schmear on an eye that has some sort of illness called rakus. Rashi says some sort of illness that there's a, like a, a dot that's sticking out of your eye. So some, somehow or other it's actually, and somehow or other through putting the blood of a, we're about to see what that blood is, the blood from a wild chicken that's going to cause this ailment to go away. And what is this? The, the blood from a, a wild uh, rooster. The amount of blood to put on one eye. He says they would use this blood. The yared is a different type of eye injury, but this is an eye injury that's an internal injury. And they would put blood on that to take care of that as well. What type of blood is that? Dama de Krishtina. So it's the Dhamma de Krishtina, it's the blood of the Krishtina. Rashi says it is an atalate, right? An atalate is some sort of a small, a small, uh, a small uh, house creature, maybe some sort of mouse or something of that nature. The, uh, the, 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 the arch says it's a mole. Okay, it's a mole. The simonech gava le gava, and, and the, 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 when you're trying to remember which type of blood you should use for which type of ailment, so if it's the blood that's a, a, a issue with your eye, that's an external issue with your eye, then you should use the animal that's an outside type of animal. Barala barala. If it's a, a, the type of uh, issue is an internal eye issue, then you should use the internal type of animal. That's not why it works as a healing process. The idea is it's just a way to remember which one's for which. Medvar mamurim b'maiti but this is all talking about where somebody actually took it out, but they didn't take it out, they just stored it. The Mishnah says it's that you're chayiv if you stored it. Rashimin says, when are we talking about when you actually stored it? But if you were just taking it out and you had never stored it, until you reach a revius, you're not going to be liable. And the Chachamim agree to Reb Shimon that if you took out the, the water that you had used for laundry and you took it out, the water that's meant to be poured out, then the shear, the measure is going to be a revius no matter what, whether you stored it or not. Chachamim said that uh, what are we talking about here when you actually took it out? But if you just stored it, then any measure at all, you're liable. What are you talking about? Even if you stored it, you're not going to be liable. You're not liable until you actually take it out. So it's not just someone who stored it, someone who stored it and then took it out. We're talking about a student who his master told him, they said, go clear me a space for eating. He then cleared the space on the table. Anything that was significant to everyone is going to be liable for taking it out. Anything that is not significant to everyone, if, he takes that, if his master would store away that type of substance, then it's already significant and he's going to be liable. And, and uh, this, is, this is basically the opinion of, um, of Reb Shimon ben Elazar, who was very stringent earlier and said that as long as any, I'm sorry, Reb Shimon, who said that as long as any person stores it, then everybody is liable for taking it out. The Mishnah told us that the Chachamim agreed to, the Chachamim agreed to Reb Shimon that when it comes to taking out this water that was left over from the laundry, that the measure is a revius. 
To mix together the tit, to mix together the cement. It says in a so that the amount of, of, uh, of cement that you're going to be liable for carrying out on Shabbos is the amount that you're going to use to put on the cover of, the, of a core. A core is a crucible, right? It's a very small measure. It's a lot smaller than the Revius. Like Kasha, like this. If you're actually taking out the, the cement, then a tiny, tiny bit of cement is already, already significant and it's useful to you. You could use that to cover up the, the, that last bit of the crucible, the tip of the crucible. But if it was not yet mixed, nobody's going to be busy with the, the amount of water that they could use to mix together cement for the sake of using that cement for putting on, a, uh, for putting on the, the, the tip of a, a crucible. Nobody's going to actually mix together cement if that's all they're going to end up with, just a tiny little bit of, of cement. You're only going to mix together cement if it's going to be a significant amount of cement at the time that you're mixing it. So if it's already mixed, then you're even just taking out a tiny bit, you're going to be liable for If you're taking out the water that you're going to use to mix together the cement, it's going to have to be more significant where you're going to be me- mixing together a lot of cement to be liable. How might you travel? If you take out rope, they last place in the kupa. The amount of rope that you have to take out is to make an oizen, a, a, literally an ear, but it means like a, a handle over here, right? Because that's nayim in, in, um, in, in the Mishnaic terms. An oizen was the word that you used for a, uh, for a handle. So if you take out enough rope to make a handle, a kupa for a, for a, a basket. Gemi is not a rope. Gemi is made from like reeds. And basically the amount of reeds you have to take out is the amount that you would take to make a a al-taloi is like a, means to be something to be dependent on. So it's sort of like a, a little a hanging loop, not a whole rope, but just like a little loop. And the amount that you would need to make this loop for a um, enough and a kibara, right? Which are the two different types of, uh, of seeds that we talked about earlier. This is how much you need, the amount that you need to measure the foot of a, the shoe that a, a little child is going to wear. That amount of, of uh, reeds is very significant. Near, Paper, they look like the amount of paper that you need to take out to be liable is the amount of paper that you need to write on it the 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 uh the, the stamp I guess of the Mechten. The Mechten are the people who take the are the people who take the taxes right so you know any any Rashi says right so Rashi says either a, a toll collector uh, and anything of that nature so once they once you give them the tax then they would give you a stamp with a you know paper that basically said here you you already paid the tax so. That amount of paper that he would need to write his uh, little stamp on it, that's the amount that's significant. I might take and if you take out an actual stamp of the tax collector's high of your libel. If you're taking out erased paper, paper that's been erased, the amount that you would need to, to wrap up the uh, a tiny little jar of paliatin that we talked about earlier, this case of the, the balsam jar. So the amount of little paper that you would use to make seal on top of it, right? They didn't have saran wrap in those days. Or could they lack a kamiya? You have a hide, the amount of a hide of a, of a leather skin to make a kamiya, to make a, an amulet. Clack, could they look there love, parasha, katana, shabbat What's considered significant when it comes to clack, which is actual parchment, right? So you wouldn't use a parchment for, um, for the purposes of a, of a tax collector. You'd use parchment only for something significant. What would you use it for? The smallest parasha of tefillin. What, what's the smallest parasha that, that it has in tefillin? Shi Yishimai Yisrael. Could they look there be the amount of ink that you have to take out is the amount that you need to write two letters. Kechol, which is a sort of um, uh, an eye uh, ornament, some sort of mascara. To put on one eye. Devek glue to, for the amount to put on the on the head of a shift shift. Shift was like a type of a, a plank or a board or something like that. You're going to get into what we're referring to here. Zephitz which is um, pitch and 
Cephas's pitch and Gophrus's is something similar. I don't remember what it is right now. So Kadei Lasis Nekib to make a little hold. The art scroll says it's sulfur. Sulfur, okay. So so Rashi explains, what do you use this for? That basically they would put in it, they, they would use this as to make a cover for uh for some sort of substance that they didn't want they had a hole in the substance, so they didn't want they had a hole in the in the jar, but they didn't want everything to come out at once. So they make this cover out of this uh this sulfur or this um or this pitch, and then they make a tiny little hole in that, and then it would come out in dribbles and not come out very quickly. So that amount is already considered to be significant. The amount that you need to make this little little uh, cover. Shava wax, could they leap in alpine neck of cotton to put on a very small hole, right? So um that's how much wax we're talking about. Charsis could they last his teeth core shall sorry phrase of Charsis is um is Lovena Kahusha. It's like a broken kahusha, it's a broken down uh chopped up pieces of brick. So you would take that and you would put it on the the amount that you would use to put on the crucible that the people, the goldsmiths were using. I guess it was a very small, very fine crucible, so it's a very small amount. Yehuda, America, they last his pit butts. Yehuda says the amount that you need to make a pit butt. So the pit butt is basically the place where you would put the crucible, you would put it on some sort of a, you know, a sawhorse type of situation where it was, um, so yeah, so Rashi says that this is called a, a tripod, right? So this is, I guess, where we get the word from today. So that's where they would make a tripod for the for pots, and they would also make a tripod for crucibles in this case. Subin, which is brand. The amount of brand that you would put right on the top of the crucible made out of, for the goldsmiths, right? That was the amount that you needed to burn the tiny little flame that you use when you're working with gold. Sid is lime, and lime was used in those days as a depilatory cream. So the amount of, of, of lime that you would need to, uh, to put on a small child, a small girl, right? Wherever they would put it, Unclear at this point. Yehuda says the amount that you need to make a kalkal, which is, um, I guess, a basket. Yehuda says the amount that you need to uh, to put as a, a sid to uh, use as a depilatory on a undepi, a forehead. By chavel, why do we say the rope has to be a rope that's great enough to make a rope? Uh, you know, uh, a real, real um, a handle for baskets. Why don't we say enough to make this little, uh, a little loop for this, uh, the sieve? It's way smaller. Since it's going to ruin the, um, it's going to ruin the actual utensil. Nobody's going to do this. We learned in Hebraisa that hutzin, which is um, the palm, palm fronds, right? So they would use it, the amount to make a, a handle for a sow, for a basket. Kfifa mitzris siv. So kfifa mit kfif oizen lasal kfifa mitzris siv. Achayer ma'imim kedelipin alpi mashpech katan lasan and etayayin. So the um, the kfifa mitzris siv is some sort of a sala asi mitzuri dekel. Oh, sorry. So earlier what we were saying is the amount of hutzin is the amount that you need to make a, a um, an oizen a handle on a sal kfifa mitzris, which is a basket that's made out of this Asi uh, Mitsure dekel. It's made out of a palm stuff, some sort of palm, like a, a palm basket. Then the, the fronds would be the actual handle. Now, sieve is something else. Sieve is, it's basically it's something that grows together with the palm tree. And it's like the, I guess it's like that stuff that you, when you have a little of like those, the little pieces in between. So what they would do with that is they would actually take that and they would stick it onto a onto a um, 
a small like jug, and they would use that lesanein as a yayin to filter out the wine from any of the sediments. So revav um, is shuman aishemen, so some sort of fatty substance. They would use it as spugin. So it's something that they were going to be putting into the into the oven, and they would put a little bit of this grease on the bottom of it. And how much is this measure? It's like a cell, like the size of a cell, which is a coin. But Tanya Kigregris, another bite says the, the measure of this grease is the measure that is a gregris, a dry fig. They're both the same measure. Which is cotton, how much do you take out? The amount that you need to make a small ball. And how much is this measure? Like a little nut. So we said we can take out paper. That's the amount of paper to write this, this receipt, basically, from the meichsen, from the tax collectors. How much is the, the receipt of the tax collectors? It's two letters. It says that if you have enough to, you take out this uh, smooth paper, if you have enough on it to write two letters, you're liable. But if not, you're exempt. The Kashamaychsen was written with larger letters. So two letters of the Kashamaychsen is going to be greater than a regular two letters. But this writes, it says you just need to have enough space to write two letters. It doesn't say anything about the two letters of the, of the Kashamaychsen. You have to say that writes is also talking about where it's a Kashamaychsen type two letters. done our two letters, but not just our two letters, but also enough space left on the parchment that you could hold it without touching the letters because you're going to cause the ink to run on your fingers. They'll end up being the same measure. If you two normal-sized letters plus enough rim to actually hold on to it, it ends up being the same space as the actual space of just two letters of the Kashamayuchsen, which is larger letters. If you take out a um, uh, erased paper or a starfrua, which is a document stating that you've paid up already, right? Sorry, Shtaprua is not a document that says you paid up. Shtaprua is a document that was already a loan document that you have already paid. If it has in the white of it, is enough space to write two other letters. Or if the entire thing is enough that you can actually use it to to um, to uh, cover up the the this little jug of um, of the balsam, then you're liable. But if not, you are exempt. According to Rosh it's beautiful. Because Rosh Hashanah said that it has to have enough space to write the two letters of the Kashamayuch. And it makes sense. But Rava says that it has to have enough space to write two letters, our letters, plus enough space to actually hold on to it afterwards. Now what we're saying is that this document only has enough space to just write two letters. Over here, it didn't need a beisachiza. Why does this write so not say that it needs a beisachiza on top of the two letters, enough space to hold on to it without touching the, the ink? Kasha, that's the question. If you take out a kasha meichsen, this stamp on Shabbos, before you've already shown it to the meichsen, then you're liable because it has a use for you. Once you've already shown it to the meichsen, you're exempt. Why? It no longer has a use once you've already shown it to the, to the tax collector. He argues, he says, even if you've already shown it, you're still liable. You still need it. First of all, the answer is because there are the, the people who work for the meichis, right? The, his, uh, his, uh, his um, what do they call them? The gophers, right? So the gophers of the meichis, they're going to see you. They're going to say, hey, you might have shown it to the meichis. I don't know, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't trust you. Right? So you still need to have your actual stamp. It's not enough just to use it once for the meichis and then say, I'm putter now. No. You're going to need to have it for them too. So since you need to have it for them, it's still significant and therefore you're liable. So 
Rabbi says, no, no, one second. Maybe there's a, a large-scale toll collector, like the toll collector of the whole district, and then there's a toll collector of your specific town. So you might have shown it to one of them, you didn't show it to the other one. And the question is, are we still concerned, and would you still need it? Rashi says the Machalikas is when you already showed it to one Maikis, but maybe you're gonna to need to show it to a different Maikas. He wants you want to show the Maikis, you want to show a tax collector that I'm an upstanding citizen. Now here's my tax receipt from paying the tax elsewhere. The question is, is that significant enough that you're gonna be liable for taking this out on Shabbos, right? Or is it not significant enough? It's not so you don't really need it at all. Then it's not considered significant that you carry it out, and you're not gonna be liable for carrying Shabbos to bring a chata. It's still forbidden, but you're not gonna have to bring a chata. If you bring out a uh, a document, a loan document before it was paid up, then you're liable. Once it's already paid up, then you're exempt. He argues again. He says, even if it's even if it's already paid up, you're still liable. You still need it. What's the difference between these two? Are you permitted to have a left over after it's already paid up? Right? You have a loan document that says that I'm, I owe him $100, and they already paid it up, but you have to rip it up right away or not? That's the question. Do you have to rip it up or not? Abundance say you're not allowed to leave a star in your house, and therefore you have to rip it up, and therefore it has no significance anymore. Yehuda says you're permitted to keep a star and therefore it still has significance. Everybody agrees it's forbidden to have a star in your house, a paid-up document already still in your house. We hear the machlekes like this. Excuse me. Yeah. Are you, you're saying that it's forbidden to keep a receipt for a loan that you've already paid? Not, not a receipt. Sorry. The, 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 that's called a um, a shaver. A shaver is the actual receipt for a loan that you paid. But let's say you lend me a thousand dollars and it says I do be grossman owe Earl a thousand dollars, right? And it's right. on that. As soon as I pay up, you have to get rid of that document. Oh, I have to get rid of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, not you. Yeah, otherwise you can come okay. in. Yeah, got it, got it. Me again. So the question is, is it forbidden to keep it in your house at all? The reason why it'll be forbidden is because it'll be like a lift naiva, right? You're going to be tempting yourself to try to collect again. Um, so if you hold it's forbidden to keep it at all, then it's insignificant, and therefore you're not going to be liable to a chafas for taking out. If you hold it, it's permitted to keep it around, you're allowed to, then you're allowed to keep it around, but therefore it's significant. Once it's significant, then you're going to be liable to a chafas for taking it out. Everybody agrees you're not allowed to keep it. Let's say there, we, there is a loan document that Earl has that says I owe him $1,000. There's no witnesses on it. There's just this loan document. I agree that he actually owes it to me. I, I'm sorry, that I owe it to him. So the Machlekes is like this. When you are do we have to actually have witnesses as well? Not, there's not going to be witnesses on the document, but witnesses that this is true, right? Maybe witnesses who saw the star. Otherwise, there could be a concern that there's some sort of collusion happening over here for the, for the idea of um, what we call a shibudim, um, uh, right? Mishubadim. So basically, let's say I owe Earl money. I don't owe Earl money. I really don't owe Earl money. But what I do is like this. I go sell a piece of land to Yaakov, and I say, Yaakov, here's this great piece of land for $100,000. Then we forge a lien on it earlier to Earl. Then Earl comes and takes the piece of land away from Yaakov because it was really a, a lien to him from beforehand. So if there's no witnesses, then it's very easy to pull that trick. So the question is, do you need to actually have witnesses to the actual loan? Otherwise, you're going to come up with, to this problem. So the, the Bible wants to say that this is their machlikas. Machlikas over here, Tanayim, are you permitted to keep this document? It's talking about a case. What's the halacha when you have the, the borrower admits that he owes the money, but there are no witnesses? Do you need witnesses or not? The first mandama says that even if I would agree that I owe money, you still need witnesses about it to say that this is really a true start. 
Rehuda says that if he, even though uh, even though I admitted I owe the money, we still are not. It doesn't. He's still going to need. He's not going to need witnesses. Since you're not going to need witnesses, it's still significant even before any witnesses came. That's really the machlekas here. paru paru. So why does it say when you have paid and when you have not yet paid? It's not really what it means. parati parati. You have to say it means like this: until the borrower, until the the borrower says I have paid or I have not paid. So if the borrower says I have paid already, right? So then there's no concern anymore, and then the star is no use at all. But if the borrower says, I have not yet, I have not yet paid, then there's going to be a machlekes. If me saying I have not yet paid makes the star legal tender, and that you have the rights now to collect money from me, then, then it's going to be significant. But if, even if I say it, it's still not significant, then it's not good. Even if I say it, it's, it's not worth anything. Until there are witnesses, it's still not significant, and therefore we're not be liable for carrying it out on Shabbos.